the Australian Defence Magazine podcast. Serving the business of defence. With Grant McHeron and Ewan Levick. G'day everyone and welcome back to the show. This episode, we'll be chatting with Hayden Sorayo, a director of JLB Yarran, who is here to talk about the company and its involvement with veterans and Indigenous Australians in defence industry. G'day, Hayden. Welcome to the show. G'day, Grant, and uh, thank you for having me and uh, JLB Yarran promote our company on your show. <laughs> Excellent. Now, of course, once again, I'm also joined by Ewan Levick, the group editor for ADM Group. Uh, Ewan, welcome back. Thanks, Grant. Been a while. Yeah, it has been a little while, hasn't it? It's good to be back in the saddle, see if we can remember how to ride. (laughs) So for this episode, uh, yeah, Hayden, we'll we'll kick things off by uh, getting you to give us an overview of uh, JLB Yarran. Can you tell us about the history of the company and its engagement with Indigenous Australians? Yeah, thanks, Grant. So, look, Jelby Yarren, it actually founded in 2016 uh, through our chairman and founder, Rick Callaghan, um, proud Indigenous man who uh, his history was with the police force before joining KPMG, doing some consulting back to um, government, and then starting his own company called Yarren Business Services, which did a lot of contracting back to government, um, doing assessments on Indigenous programs and some of the initiatives being rolled out into community. And back in 2016, the white paper got released. There was a lot of funding and new capability coming into defence and the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet, who he was working for at the time, advised him that we need more Indigenous participation and representation in defence and that they weren't sure how he could and he didn't know how he could, but he should look at growing his company into defence. Uh, Rick knew JLB, a company with a uh, rich veteran workforce and um, history, and JLB Yarren was basically formed through Rick and um, the Bates, J- JLB, the Bates family, who um, came together and created the entity called JLB Yarren. But they re- weren't really sure how JLB Yarren was going to do work in defence, how they were going to create Indigenous participation, but they just created the entity and worked it out from there. A couple of years later, one of our directors, Joel Ettridge, um, Navy veteran, was working back to KSG, um, good friends with JLB, basically said, look, I I think there's an opportunity to grow a professional services arm in defence, and I think there's a real opportunity to um, grow the workforce with Indigenous talent. Obviously, workforce shortages throughout defence is a a key issue, and and that's when the idea really to start a professional services company through JLB Yarran developed. And within probably six to 12 months off there, um, myself and uh, Managing Director Brendan Dumbrell, who's also um, a proud Indigenous man, joined the company. Four years later, um, we're here. So the the history was formed through two established companies, but we are our own um, independent entity. And so that's where our history um, came from. Hayden, what are the services that JLB Yarin are currently providing to Defence? So we have three main services that we um, that we deliver. Professional services, which is uh, predominantly made up of um, great veterans um, and defence professionals who deliver um, services back to CASG programs above the line. Uh, We are spread out across Australia um, throughout all domains. And so professional services is where the company started. And that's that's one of our main capabilities. Our Indigenous Development and Employment Program, that program was built 
to ensure that we could have a support program that developed Indigenous talent that we brought into the company and developed that talent through our program. Part of the challenge is with creating more Indigenous participation in defence is ensuring that there is a, a development program that can support, um, professionally develop and mentor um, the talent coming through. So that has become a one of our key capabilities in itself. And our veteran transition program, which as we grew our company, as we learnt uh, about all the opportunities in defence, myself included, realised how little we knew about the defence industry when we were in uniform. And so our veteran program was developed to provide those organisational knowledge type um, things that we've consolidated over years and provided to veterans as they transition out much earlier. And with that, also provide pathways to um, employment opportunities that um, they're looking for, whether it be with us or some of our partners and some of the um, the larger defence companies out in the industry. So Hayden, with the uh, IDEP and the Veterans Transition Program, how exactly are you taking talent from the start, growing them and nurturing them through the, through their careers? I'd preface this answer by saying every individual and candidate that we bring into our company is managed and supported in a different way, tailored to the individual's uh, specific circumstances. So there isn't one rule or one process that we go through. It really is personal and it's developed to meet the uh, requirements of the individual. So I guess our three services, they are all interconnected. And so our IDEP program, which I'll probably speak about separately um, a little bit later on if, if we get the chance, is about it's not also it's not always about increasing Indigenous employment. It's also about developing, mentoring, supporting, and championing the development of Indigenous professionals that are already in our sector. Uh, the Veteran Transition Program is about ensuring that we retain veterans in the defence workforce, and so. Our workforce has enormous challenges now and into the future. And um, Joey Yaron and many um, companies across defence understand that critical to fulfilling the workforce requirements that we need in the sector is retaining veterans in the defence sector. Far too many veterans have left the ADF and go off into other sectors not knowing how valuable they are to the defence sector. And so what JLB Yaron really is trying to um, affect with our, vet, uh, our transition program is providing advice, guidance and knowledge um, and strength to veterans so they understand how valuable and important they can be and how uh, valuable they are to defence. And so passing on those lessons, helping transitioning personnel, building professional development plans, helping upskill them potentially, developing their CV, um, it's all critical to retaining that talent in our workforce. So you're doing a lot of uh, upskilling and education and training and so on, but are you uh, working directly with Defence or in partnership with Primes, other in Defence industry organisations? Uh, how, do, how do you structure that engagement? Is it one way, all way, or whatever way works? No, there's, there's quite a few uh, different methods um, that, we, that we win work. 
Defence have implemented a model that we work within um, where a lot of our opportunities come through the major service providers working above the line, contracting to Defence, representing Commonwealth programs. And so we have really strong relationships with the four MSPs, um, particularly Team Downer and KBR, who we have MOUs with. And a lot of our work um, comes through the MSPs and the model that CASG has really implemented over the last uh, few years. As an Indigenous company, we do have opportunities to sole source uh, personnel directly back to Defence um, through the Commonwealth's procurement policy, and we do do that. It's not always our preferred model. There are a lot of benefits um, working with the major service providers and having our people in a program of work which is supported by one of the major service providers. And we also have um, a couple of different opportunities that come from primes or um, other organisations um, that are delivering back to defence. Our IDEP program is a little bit different altogether and we're actually working directly back to government and there are seven um, government agencies that we are delivering directly back to. Um, so the, our engagement with defence is direct uh, with regards to uh, IDEP, which has been um, which has been fantastic. Hayden, you mentioned earlier you wanted to go into a bit more detail about IDEP. Um, what, I mean, can you tell us a bit more about that program and how has it uh, contributed to GLB's growth? Yeah, look, uh, the the IDEP, um, the Indigenous Development and Employment Program. It is the proudest capability um, that we deliver in JLB Yarran. It is the reason why JLB Yarran was initially created. Um, it was in our vision always to increase um, Indigenous representation into defence. Um, it, it, it is a good story how, um, how, we, how we built it and how we actually won our first contract and how it's grown. I, I spoke earlier about how we, we needed to build a program that could support, develop, mentor Indigenous talent that who may not necessarily have had project experience, CASG experience. And so a lot of the vacancies, a lot of the um, the people that we have that we contract back to defence, they are experienced, qualified defence professionals. And so to increase Indigenous representation, we needed to um, work with defence to create more entry-level positions. But as you know, with entry-level positions, you need to support the person with a structure. And so the IDEP was created to um, provide that structure. When we were growing the program and we were really trying to get endorsement from government about what our vision was, we met with Ray Griggs, who was the CEO of the National Indigenous Australia Agency at the time. Uh, Ray was the VCDF and he was the Chief of Navy. Brendan Dumbrell, our Managing Director, and myself loosely uh, knew Ray. And Brendan just sent him an email, just sent him an email and said, hey, can we come to Canberra? We want to propose to you um, a program that we're putting together. We really believe in it. We really think it can work. Um, and Ray, Ray uh, let us fly up to Canberra and meet him. And he's a busy man, so he gave us an hour of his time. And really that meeting, uh, without that meeting, we probably, I don't know where our program would be, but we were able to um, explain to Ray that we built our IDEP program using the military training methodologies we learnt in service. And so the IDEP is a civilianised version of a junior officer leadership course. It's not training 
um, anyone in their core role. It's not teaching them any skills or technical competencies. What it's doing is bringing together a cohort of Indigenous professionals and working with them to build their confidence, their presentation, communication, um, build on their strengths, allow them to understand their strengths, become more confident and champion their own careers within defence or their government agency. And so Ray, with his military background, but was working in the NIAA, he, he gave us um, some really good metrics. And we, we'll probably speak about metrics a bit later, but he gave us a, some metrics about Indigenous professionals in the APS on the surface looking quite strong, that the percentage of the APS workforce was um, that were Indigenous was quite strong. However, they were at the lower end of, of the levels and how can the APS Commission develop more Indigenous talent into middle and senior managerial positions in the future. And so Ray identified our IDEP as potentially being able to help out his problem about developing the talent within. And so we went to Ray to ask for endorsement and we walked out with a lead to deliver our IDEP to the APS. Um, about six months after that, we signed our first contract with the NIAA for 10 Indigenous APS personnel to be in our program. And a couple of years on, I think we have over 50 um, APS Indigenous uh, personnel in our program and we have industry personnel in our program. And the way this works is the Indigenous mentors that work with the, the members in the program um, most of them are Indigenous veterans working for JLB Yarran, developing their professional services career, but also mentoring back to the IDEP and championing the progression of Indigenous talent and giving back to their community. And so it's empowering for our Indigenous ment mentors. It, it's um, an unbelievable opportunity for the Indigenous mentors and APS employees. And the program is growing really through that one initial meeting with, with Ray Griggs. So we owe a lot to Ray. The program's also partnered with IDIC, who Adam Goods is obviously the CEO of that company and he's the ambassador of the IDEP program and he's been so generous uh, with his time presenting at workshops, um, being really a part of it. And so with IDIC and a couple of other Indigenous SMEs, we're starting to make real change to, um, yeah, people's lives and their careers. And um, there's a couple of fantastic stories of um, APS employees who have jumped up three and four levels within two years, not because they didn't have the talent or the skills and expertise, but just with that added confidence, um, support behind them and the overall um, outcomes of the IDEP has really enabled them to um, progress their career. So something we're, we're very proud of. Um, Brendan Dumbrell, our managing director, um, he, he's just, he's incredible to be honest, and he's just driving um, some great achievements that the um, the program's supporting. It's amazing how one critical conversation can really snowball something. Yeah, it is. And it, it's it's funny how one email can um, turn turn into <laughs> um, something, something so great. But um, I guess th that email and how it happened, it, it is, it does um, talk a bit about how Brennan is. He just has a crack. He just mm. sees an opportunity. I know Ray. He knows me. I'll, I'll get us a meeting and we'll sell it to him. 
and will prove it works. Um, and then his passion and drive has really um, helped facilitate the outcome. So, no, he's doing a fantastic job and, and all of us at JLB Yaron are, are really proud of the IDEP. Um, we, we just had a big love-in at um, Indo-Pacific where we brought up our entire company to uh, Sydney, our Indigenous elder, Auntie Mary Doctor, who's a um, an inspirational Indigenous elder who's very close to Brennan. She presented um, at Indo-Pacific and it's really brought our company together as uh, uh, our veterans and our consultants. They really understand and are involved with where we're going with our, our, our services. So, no, very proud of uh, the IDEP and what Brendan and the team are doing. Oh, sounds fantastic and uh, great to hear about the growth that's happening through and the uh, benefits of that program. You are right, with a bit of confidence and uh, some good support, it's amazing what people can achieve. But uh, I'm going to take you back just a tad. You did throw a, men- a reference into being shown some metrics and uh, <laughs> it, it is an item we want to ask you about because uh, you've had a message about moving beyond the metrics. And uh, wanted to know, has that been gaining traction in the defence sector? Yeah, look, I don't know if it's been uh, gaining traction in the defence sector as much. I mean, metrics are important, um, you know, in terms of what we do as companies and businesses. So um, metrics have a genuine purpose. But, you know, certainly from JLB Yaron's point of view, you know, we could have 300 people in our IDEP, but if the outcomes aren't there, well, what does that matter? What does that mean? Mm. What have we done? What have we achieved? We could have 100 consultants, but if half of them leave every two years, what does that mean? And so for us, it wasn't always about the numbers. It's about how well we do it. And with Indigenous participation, it's about how much is actually punching through. Um, And so the Indigenous procurement policy has been just unbelievable for Indigenous businesses and and, and, um, Indigenous SMEs. but it hasn't always been easy and it, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the that the winds are flowing through to community. And so um, I guess, you know, speaking on behalf of JLB Yaron and the IDEP and what we do in terms of creating more entry-level positions for Indigenous talent, it's about ensuring that the outcomes are genuine and that the outcomes are really impactful. And so for us, the metrics that I was speaking about was government wants to spend between two to three percent of procurement with Indigenous businesses. Um, that's okay, but how is that supporting Indigenous communities, developing um, expertise, getting Indigenous leaders into levels in management and senior executive level management? Is there going to be generational outcomes based on um, the effects of the IPP? And so those effects and outcomes are more important than just some metrics to see, to say whether a defence prime or a government project is hitting their compliance uh, because there is compliance and that's important, but it also must reach the intent of the Commonwealth, which is the client. And so the intent of um, the Indigenous procurement policy is to create real um, generational change and close the gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians. And so um, sometimes metrics can can sound great and they can be, um, you know, great targets, but the, the cut through needs to be genuine. And so um, 
that's probably more where we were coming from, that we want to actually see outcomes. We want to see the stories. We want to see people develop. We want to see EO1 Indigenous APS employees. We want to see CEOs, um, Indigenous CEOs. We want to see that cut through. And I think um, with that attitude over a period of time, we'll start seeing some great success stories coming through. Are you seeing any success stories now? Like how much is punching through now? Are you seeing outcomes improving? Yeah, well, I guess, um, again, from um, our point of view, we can speak um, about a couple of our people. Um, if you go on our LinkedIn and there's a great story about um, Owen, a, a recently employed Jalby Yaren, Indigenous man who came from the Army um, in partnership with Soldier On. He's joined us as a mentor and a consultant. Um, I, I don't believe without the IDEP and without Jalby Yaren, Owen may not have been retained in defence. He may have went on a different journey and he may not have had the opportunity to give back to his mob through the IDEP as an, as an Indigenous mentor. And so I, I do see um, that there are genuine stories that we can we can look at to say, yes, we are achieving what our strategy and, and vision was. Um, and now that we, we know Owen, um, unbelievable guy, hilarious, um, Everyone's just, you know, attracted to his presence. He's just a, he's a big character, a big Melbourne supporter. So he's, he, he's up and about at the moment um, with the football. But having someone like Owen be retained in defence, his leadership and his story is going to have a profound impact as he goes along. So we can see those stories and th- that really helps um, empower the rest of the company to, to stay on this track. Yeah, that is good. And you bring back to the metrics. It's it's like you're um, you're you're trying to apply metrics on the outcomes, not the outputs. The output is a certain percentage of Indigenous people in KSG, for example. But it's the it's as you said the, the secondary effects, the the outcomes from having those people there that you're really trying to measure. And Owen's story is a great example of that. So, uh, do, are you able to provide any other benefits and points of difference compared to under other defence industry organisations? Yeah, well, I, I guess our, um, our IDEP and our Veterans Transition Program is our points of difference um, because I, I guess it's not a criticism of the of the industry, um, but we're growing our industry workforce predominantly through a lot of ADF or ex-ADF personnel, um, but I don't necessarily think that um, the full extent of veterans that are available are being utilised. So, you know, um, a lot of companies have veteran employment. A lot of companies have veteran transition, um, large, small, medium. But are they actually growing our workforce? And I think we can confidently say we are retaining and developing um, talent in our workforce that historically and without our programs would have been lost to other sectors or other opportunities outside defence. And so um, particularly our IDEP and our Indigenous veterans that are transitioning out um, and joining Jalbi Yarran and then becoming mentors and as well as developing their professional services capability, um, we can see that we're genuinely adding to the workforce. We're bringing in new talent, talent that has been untapped previously and um, we're achieving our aims to develop capability, not just pull capability from one section to another or pull it from one company to another. We need to develop the workforce and um, we're, we're pretty confident we're doing that. That's an important point, actually, Hayden, because I often get the feedback uh, 
from across defense industry, when I ask the question of what's keeping people awake at night, most people will say it's workforce, meeting uh, capability demands, trying to find the talent um, to meet those demands is is their biggest issue. So what JLB's doing through retention is valuable across the industry, but goes some way to solving what is the biggest obstacle to the realization of Australia's capability ambitions. Yeah, we our focus um, from a, from the director and management level is retention is far more important than attraction. Um, you must look after your people and do what's right for your people and be the company that your people need first and foremost. Um, and with our veteran transition program, a lot of the ADF person transitioning out, they're not right for Jalby Yarren and Jalby Yarren is not right for them and that's okay. We're not the we're not the one size fits all for everyone out there, and so companies just need to um, understand what their what their value values are. And we had to learn that over a over a period of time. It didn't take didn't take um, a, a, a few months. We learned that over our first two to three years to understand really um, who we were. But once you understand what you're great at, um, and we understood that we we understand how to develop um, personnel from the entry level up. That's our place. Um, and so most of the new consultants that we're bringing in aren't ready-made, experienced, you know, consultants with 20 years experience. A lot of our people that we're bringing into the company haven't worked in defence projects previously, but they did 15 years in the army and they know the organisation, they know the culture and they've got a security clearance and they want to get into that line of work and that's really important to capture that talent. Hayden, uh, as another question, what do you think you would ask of uh, defence industry or defence or the audience in terms of what needs to be done to better recognise the leadership potential of Aboriginal professionals? Because obviously, as you said, you can get people in the door, but to get them uh, progressing and to get the outcomes that you've been talking about, you need a degree of recognition. Yeah, I mean, and so this is, um, it's it's an interesting question. From our perspective, we need more entry-level opportunities through the MSPs into CASG and different defence projects. And we're working really well with the MSPs, with defence and CASG to create more entry-level opportunities. And that's not just for Indigenous veterans, Indigenous talent, that's throughout. We need to grow our workforce. We can't just poach from different areas. We need to um, develop people. And veterans, they are the best source to develop because they already have so much organisational understanding. In terms of um, what other companies and partners can do, um, I always bring it back to cultural awareness training. Um, cultural awareness training is incredibly powerful. Um, I'm a product of migrants to Australia, um, grew up in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, went through um, uh, private schools, Catholic co-ed private schools. I didn't know anything about Indigenous culture until I joined the Navy, which is an indictment on our education and our and our um, structures within the country. That's, you know, that's not too long ago. That was 20 years ago when I was going through our school system. And so cultural awareness training really delivers a lot of um, history and, and things that have happened in the past that have created the challenges that Indigenous Australians face today. And you can't champion change unless you really know what's happened in the past and some there are some really uncomfortable um, facts and conversations and things that I think we could all continue to learn and once you learn about our history and the gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians well then you can really become 
that champion of change because you understand how important it, it it is. And so cultural awareness training is incredibly important. Brendan always speaks about we're only one SME, we're one Indigenous company. We can make an, a difference, but the biggest difference we can make is by championing um, the cause and speaking about um, about the positivity, the brilliance and the talent within Indigenous people, which um, historically has been untapped in defence. And so we're starting to have some great case studies and showing um, some, some great results through our IDEP back um, through the APS. And so I think more and more case studies will evolve over the next um, little bit of time, which will hopefully progress um, the opportunities moving into the future. But look, um, IDIC, who, who are partners with us, are, I'm not going to plug them too much, but um, reach out to, to the team and um, speak to them about one of their consortium partners that can deliver cultural awareness training. If you haven't done it within your organisation, it is the most important part of uh, reconciliation action plan that a company could do. I think that's a powerful way to, to wrap up. Thanks, Hayden. That was a great message. No worries. Well, Hayden, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, we really appreciate your time and uh, agreed that was a very powerful way to end the episode. So thanks, mate. No, I appreciate your time and uh, look forward to seeing you guys soon. Well, thanks to everyone for listening once again. And don't forget, if you enjoyed this episode, you can tell a colleague about us so they too can benefit from the show. Meanwhile, thanks for tuning in and we'll be back in the not too distant future with another informative episode that hopefully will be sooner than the gap between this and the previous one. Thanks, folks. The ADM podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Australian Defence Magazine, a Yaffa media title. The views of the people appearing on this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of Australian Defence Magazine, the Department of Defence or the guest's employer. If you wish to use any of the audio in this podcast, please contact Australian Defence Magazine via their website, australiandefence.com.au or via email at defmag at yaffa.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.